Well, Logan, everyone, welcome to the Red and White Authority brought to you by Labatt Blue. Remember, Labatt Blue, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's always time for Labatt Blue and always time for Red Wing Hockey. Labatt Blue is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. And remember, drink Labatt Blue responsibly. In this episode of the Red and White Authority, episode 103, it's a very special episode as uh, we pay tribute to Ted Lindsay. On Friday, thousands of people came to Little Caesars Arena to pay their respect to Ted. And besides just common everyday Red Wing fans and uh, native Michiganians and Detroiters, and yes, I do say Michiganians and not Michiganders, but uh, it was really kind of a solemn occasion, but it was a celebration of life. And we also talked to several dignitaries that were here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put a compilation together where you're going to hear from nine different people who all knew Ted in various ways. And I think what you're going to hear is we kept some of the questions in and some we didn't. Uh, just so you can get a feel for the emotion and what Ted brought out. And there's two common things. Off the ice, Ted was a humanitarian. On the ice, he was the ultimate competitor. So let's begin with our first uh, set. And these are Detroit Red Wing players, current players, and staff who actually this morning at Little Caesars Arena on Friday morning paid their respects to Ted and to his family. We're going to begin with Jeff Blaschel, Red Wing head coach, followed by alternate captain Justin Abdicator, and then Nicholas Cromwell, another alternate captain who reflects on Ted. And then we close with, I would assume he's still the current captain, uh, even though he is uh, now retired for medical reasons, but uh, Henrik Zetterberg who will end the, uh, the first segment here of the Red and White Authority as we celebrate the life of Ted Lindsay. He was awesome. Um, yes, he did. Uh, it was awesome when he came in. Um, as, I, as I talked to his family today, uh, I've kind of a, a role model uh, for, for me. Uh, you know, I'd like to, uh, as I get older, have, have similar impact on people's lives the way he did. Um, just being around him was, was incredible to see the, the, the type of shape he was in. He was sharp as a tack and he'd give you opinions. And, uh, you know, I tell a story, I was getting ready for training camp. I don't remember what year, but we had Joe Lewis. And he walked in and said, Coach, you know, what are you doing? I said, Mr. Lindsay, we're just getting ready for training camp, planning the practices and all that, and getting our message ready. And he said, Coach, you just tell them if they go into the corner with another guy and they don't come out with a puck, they're a horseshit hockey player. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. Uh, it was true in 1950, and it's true today. And I actually, that was my first message to our team. And um, I just, uh, boy, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, sometimes when, uh, I, I, I use the word dignitary, when people with, with Ted stature uh, pass away, you're involved in it, but you don't really know him. I got—I was lucky enough to get to, to know Mr. Lindsay. I, I, I attended his golf outings. I spoke at at, uh, at those. I saw the impact that, that he had on the autistic community. Um, just an awesome, awesome person, and, and my life certainly was enriched for having uh, spent time with him. He was so genuine. That's a great word. He was so genuine and, and unique, and um, you know, I think he really helped carry on. 
that part of the Red Wing tradition, the, the, that era of the Red Wing tradition, when, when uh, you know, he was around as much as he was around and, and to see the respect he had from everybody, um, it, it just brought the, the, those championships in the 50s to life and, and uh, it just makes this organization that much more special and, and having him around town and seeing the impact on people, uh, he's a special, special person. You know what's funny actually is I think everybody has a different perspective. Some guys like to uh, complain about uh, the coaches. Some guys like to complain about management. Uh, he wasn't afraid to, to really be hard on the players, you know, and, and, and he would hold the players. You know, I think he felt like players won and players lost, and he wasn't afraid to come in and, and say what he, what he thought that way. So it was an interesting perspective. Uh, it was great. Uh, haven't met a lot of his family, so it was the first time, but, um, you know, obviously show our support for them. and. Uh, what Ted's meant to this organization, and you know, I think we're also representing uh, the players around the league too, and, and what he's meant to uh, the NHL, the NHL Players Association. Um, you know, it's it was uh, it was just such a great, energetic guy to to have around, and always enjoy talking with him. You know, one was um, it's funny because he always, I, I think Blash had mentioned it, but he's always like, you know. You got You got to go in the corner, and uh, you know you can be a good player. You can be big. You can be strong. It doesn't matter. But whoever I just want to know, whoever comes out of the corner with the puck, that's that's who I want on my team. And um, you know he's the intensity. You know we showed, but also uh, it wasn't always about hockey. It's about uh, you know just life in general. And uh, like I said, he was just always so positive and so easy to talk to. And you know took the time to uh, talk to me as a youngster and. and you know, took the time to talk to each and every each and every uh, guy in the room, and um, you know, he just I think he always uh, speak for for all the guys. He always he always brightened the day when when he uh, came in the room. As somebody who was born in Michigan, when you came into the league and first met him, was it a little yeah? It's it's it was like a moment uh, when I met uh, Gordy Hollis. You know, same type of moment, just kind of just in awe and. Uh, right away, you look at him, you're like, gosh, you know, for them calling him Terrible Ted, he's not uh, the biggest of stature. <laughs> you're like, you know, you start thinking. But, uh, you know, as, obviously as nice of a person he was uh, off the ice, he was, he was a tough customer on the ice, uh, you know, from, from what you've heard and, and stories and, and some of the videos and things you've seen. Um, you know, obviously played the game hard and played the game the right way. First off, I thought it was a, a great time this morning. Um, to get a chance to, to be up close and meet his family uh, and, you know, pay our respects. Um, you know, the legacy that he leaves behind is, is amazing. You know, we talked a little bit about this morning in the locker room. It, it's, um, it's unfortunate that, you know, you don't celebrate it until someone's gone. Uh, you really get to understand the true meaning of, of what someone's done and, and the legacy that they leave behind. You know, all the things that he stood for, all the things that he fought for, um, and still being able to be just a great, great person. Um, you know, that's something he's going to leave a lot of long-lasting memories for the people. Best thing, or the, the greatest thing that will always stand, stand with me is, you know, how he came into the room and he would always call everyone by their first name, full first name. You know, for myself, it wouldn't be Nick, it would always be Nicholas. Uh, and he always took the time to talk to each and every player. It didn't matter if you were, you know, Nick Lidstrom or if you were someone, you know, barely playing. He really took the time to make sure that everyone got their time and made everyone feel great about themselves. Um, I think that's, that's something that's always going to stand out for me.
When you were a rookie, what was it like having a guy like him come up to you <laughs> and talk to you in the dressing room? It felt a little surreal. Uh, you know, at the time, I only knew, you know, very small pieces of what he had he had done. Um, you know, for myself at that point, you know, it's it's a legend and a guy that's got his number retired here that comes in. Um, you know, as far as his other stuff, as far as forming the PA and, you know, the stuff with the uh, the autism. Um, th there's so many things that he's done that, you know, you, you learn over the years. To what extent is he a model for how a hockey player can have an impact out in the community? Well, I think that that's something, uh, you know, he like you said, he made a huge impact in, in various different of, of uh, uh of things in life, really, not just the forming the PA. Uh, you know, he took a lot of heat for it at the time. Uh, eventually, even being traded to Chicago, uh, I'm sure the owners weren't too happy with him <laughs> at the time. But you know, he—that's something that he believed in, that he fought for. Even when he got—I uh, don't know if it was—you uh, know—with the Hall of Fame stuff, when he said he didn't want to go because uh, his wife couldn't come, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and they changed that. So you know, things like that—it it just goes to show you how how much of a class act that he really was and you know he changed the, the lives for a lot of people and we should be extremely grateful for you know where we as hockey players are today. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that just goes to show that you know he not only did he do it now but he you know he used to work out all the time back in the day too and I think that's something that's carried over with Stevie and Nick and Drapes and Chelly and these guys. It didn't matter you just went into the gym after every game. Uh, it was basically part of your your daily life uh, and he carried that on for even until his deathbed I guess uh, he just kept working out and I think that's why he lasted so long. There was a few you know I, I think we uh, you know because I've been here for for, for quite a while uh, spent some time with him and, and um, you know and his uh, his wife Joanne and, and uh, um, the one uh, hockey-wise was probably the, my last game at the Joe, my thousand game, when when he presented uh, uh, the gift from NHL, and, and um, that was very special. You know that picture uh, is blown up uh, both in my home and, and in my in my mom and dad's home back home in Sweden. So uh, that was a cool memory. Um, uh, thing with Ted when he. Never called him my cell. He always called him my my landline. <laughs> and uh, and uh, every time he did that, um, you know, I, I wasn't the first to answer. But Emma answered my wife uh, a few times too, and you know they just kept talking. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, Joanne came on the phone, and Emma and Joanne was talking. And in the end, I got a chance to speak with Ted. So it's uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, we. Every time it rings at home, we, we know it's either Emma's mom or dad or my mom or dad or, or it was Ted. You know, that's basically who the only ones that called on the landline. So, uh, but I, I think, you know, he, um, over the years, we, we got closer and closer. And, and uh, uh, you know, I think he meant a lot, you know, just uh, uh, coming down here in the locker room too. You know, that, those are the moments, the, the chats you had. and. and he was so involved in, in, in the team, and he always knew what was going on. And if you need a little confidence boost, he, he was there for you. And and, um, and with all the guys, you know, that's the, you know, all the rookies that came in, and, and just to see them see Ted walking in the room, and and you know when he when he went over and introduced himself, and and the look in their face when he walked away is, was was pretty cool. Henrik, when you were going through some of the trials and tribulations with your back. 
Was was Ted? Did you lean on him a little bit? Did he offer encouragement? What was that relationship like? Well, uh, Ted was actually one of the first people to call to uh, to New York when I had my surgery and and and, and called called my wife Emma and asked how, how Hendrick is and. And I must say, well, he hasn't woke up yet, so I don't really know. Uh, but uh, just just that, you know, mm -hmm. took his time to, to to you know, to make that call, and and, and uh, so again, like just to have him around, and uh, you know, been through so much himself, and you know, back in the day when he uh, stood up for the players, and and you know, no one no one that plays now and ever played the last 20 years would have. You know the, the life and, and the luxury we have if we weren't for Ted. Just want to go in details. How often would you call your house? <laughs> uh, you know, I How think. Often did you talk? Well, we we talked. It was mostly when he uh, when when he wasn't around here. You know, he went down to Florida a little bit, and, and um, you know, if we haven't seen each other for for a while, you know, he uh, he made that call, and and, and you know, it was. Uh, uh, you know, it's a cool friendship to have. You know, it's a little different, and 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 you know, it, it's uh, it's something that I will never never forget. Well, I'd like to thank Jeff Blaschel, Justin Abdicator, Nicholas Cromwell, and Henrik Zetterberg for sharing their reflections on the life of Ted Lindsay. And now we move on to uh, a couple of grindliners, the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings and legendary college coach, former NHL star in his own right, Red Berenson. But up first is Chris Draper and Kurt Malpe. Of course, uh, Chris is the assistant to the general manager, Ken Holland, and Kurt Malpe is one of the pro scouts for the Red Wings as they uh, begin uh, our second half of the Red and White Authority on the reflection of the life of Ted Lindsay. Then we'll hear from Red Wing general manager, Ken Holland, uh, Red Berenson, who actually played against Ted Lindsay when he came out of retirement uh, for the Red Wings, and Red was with the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, let's get to uh, part two of our celebration of Ted Lindsay's life with Chris Draper, Kurt Malpe, Ken Holland, and Red Berenson. For me, I'll never, I'll never forget the first day that uh, that I met Ted Lindsay. I, I walked in. It was my obviously it was my rookie year. I walked into the Detroit Red Wing locker room at Joe Louis Arena. And uh, Ted was already working out. He had, I'll never, he had this gray T-shirt on, he, these gray shorts on, and uh, I came up and I introduced myself and we started talking and, you know, and then I'm like, I wasn't quite sure if I should start working out or not because it's Ted Lindsay, <laughs> and I thought I should maybe let him finish his workout before I started. Uh, but uh, you know, just the opportunities that that we were able to have, you know, our our t like talk, you know, all my my teammates to walk in. Um, and see Ted Lindsay in our dressing room. He just he just made us better. He made us better people. He made us better hockey players. Just the stories that he told. And uh, you know, for me, my favorite times were playoff hockey and Ted Lindsay being in the locker room on on game day. And it just did. It just seemed. It just elevated. You know, our intensity and our emotion. And uh, you know, obviously, when when you have a nickname, Terrible Ted, there's a reason for that. And you know, the one thing that you know we talked about is obviously uh, competing. And, and, you know, really kind of hating your opponents. And, you know, that was obviously the, the era that he grew up in, that he played in. And I think a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of the success and, and, and a lot of the way we played was because of, uh, you know, just listening to Ted and some of the stories that he had. And uh, just uh, amazing and, and very fortunate uh, to be able to, 
you know, walk into a room, um, a dressing room, an NHL dressing room, obviously original six, Detroit Red Wing, and, and have an opportunity just you could sit on a stool and have a coffee and talk to uh, a Hall of Famer and, and, and a legend like Ted Lindsay. Um, but the amazing thing with Ted is everything that he did on the ice has obviously been applauded and, uh, you know, he's, he's been recognized for that. But everything that he did off the ice, I think, is probably what, you know, Ted would be most proud of, of of what he's done with that and, and that just speaks volumes for exactly what Ted Lindsay's all about and you know for me he um you know he went he went to St. Mike's my dad went to St. Mike's and I just remember always um you know my dad talking about terrible Ted Lindsay and uh after I had that first meeting with him I don't even know if I had a cell phone back then I had to uh, go into <laughs> Paul Boyer's room and uh at Joe Lewis Arena pick up the phone and I called my dad and I left him uh, I had to use his calling card actually and uh I left him a message that uh I just met Ted Lindsay and uh you know so that was uh it, it's a moment that uh, that I'll certainly never forget in 97 when when we were kind of going through uh, our playoff run and you know I remember you know that everyone knows you know we're, we're going to play Philly and apparently Philly was you know bigger stronger and faster and it wasn't going to be much of a series and uh, you know here we have Ted Lindsay you know talking about you know don't worry you know about the size of them and, and he's talking about you know our hockey team and, and how you know what we've done and how fast we are and how competitive we are and you know don't worry about the size you know and this is this is terrible Ted Lindsay telling you this. So we actually, you know, we believed them and everyone obviously knows what happens. But, you know, like I said, the, to be able to walk into that dressing room and just the opportunity to talk to Ted at those, at, at those moments and at those critical moments is something that was amazing. And, and it, he was, it, to, to me, it just shows you, um, you know, the, the class of the organization with Mr. and Mrs. Illich and obviously Chris now, you know, just allowing you know, Ted Lindsay to be there whenever Ted Lindsay feels, you know, the right time is to be there. And it's not, I don't, I don't think it's like that in every, in every room. I can't speak about that because I wasn't in another organization, but there's times you're walking in and it's, it's Ted Lindsay's there and Gordy's house, how is there. And it's just amazing of, of, uh, you know, to be able to walk in, especially when you're playing a playoff game and they have a little story like that to tell you. So those are moments that, uh, you know, very fortunate to be able to do that. And it's just, uh, to me, it's the, the luxury of playing on an original six franchise to walk in and be able to do that and obviously first class top to bottom. I, I think he's going to, well obviously through, you know, all former players with, with what he did and what he sacrificed for the, the NHLPA, you know, that's something that uh, every single one of us is very fortunate of what he did. Um, you know, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's too many men or too many hockey players that, that would have done what he did back then. Um, you know, standing up for, for the players, and it just shows you the resolve of, of Ted Lindsay and the person that Ted Lindsay is. So I think, uh, you know, for, for, a, for a player, uh, the NHLPA is something that we're always going to remember Ted by. Um, I love his nickname, you know, Terrible Ted Lindsay. It's, uh, it's amazing when you start thinking of the great hockey players uh, that have played and the nicknames that they have. You know, you, you have the great one, which is Gretzky. You have Mr. Hockey, which is Gordie Howe, Magnificent Mario. You got Sid the Kid. You got Mick Jesus, all these great names. And yet we have Terrible Ted Lindsay. And uh, it's one of my, you know, it's probably someone's favorite nickname, you know, with that. So, you know, the teams that, that I was fortunate enough to play on, um, you know, I, I think we were kind of wired the same way that their team was, you know, just wanted to, to win the Stanley Cup for, for, a, for a lot of the right reasons. And, uh, 
you know, I think, um, you know, when, <laughs> when, when you're able to win a Stanley Cup and then all of a sudden you bring it in the dressing room and, and Ted's there and Gordy's there, kind of elevates the party a little bit and, <laughs> and the feeling that you have. But, you know, there's so many reasons why, you know, the, you know our team in 1997 wanted to end that drought. Um, and just to have, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden you start looking, and you start looking at the, the names on the cup and knowing that your name is going to be next to that and that your name is going to be on the Stanley Cup along with Ted Lindsay and Gordie Howe and obviously the production line and Sawchuck and all the great Red Wings and, and all the great players of the past, you know, is something certainly, uh, you know, that is, that is very special. Yeah, you know, Ted was, uh, he was just a, a, a perfect gentleman. He was a great guy. I loved the to talk and reminisce and, and talk about the current game, you know, at the time when, when, when I was playing. And, and Ted just, uh, you know, he just, he, it didn't matter who you were, he just wanted to talk hockey or, or, or just even say hi. And, and uh, I remember at the Joe, like, he was always in the gym there working out. He'd be there, you know, before anybody even got to the rink, any players. So Ted was just a guy that, that, that did a lot for the game, but also did a lot for the community, obviously with his foundation and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a great loss for the hockey world. Jeff talked about, you know, how he would always be around. And how special was that to have someone like him just be around you guys all the time? Yeah, no, like I said, I, I remember I told the story the other day was I, I was injured early in the year, the first full season I was here. And I get to the rink early, one of the earliest guys there, and, and um, I could hear the weights banging around back in the weight room at the Joe. And I went and changed and went in there, thought it was a trainer or something, but no, it was Ted back there, but, you know, getting a good workout in early in the morning to start his day. And, um, but for a hockey player like me, I obviously I never got to see Ted play live or anything like that, but knew what he was all about, knew what he did, know, knew what he was doing for or did for the for the Players Association, and um, so it was just a, a great player. I didn't want to interrupt his, his workout and get him <laughs> you know mad at me, but <laughs> afterwards he was always you know come and sit down, and, and there's there's pictures and video all the time of him sitting down on those red stools we had and talking to guys, and it didn't matter who it was, you didn't have to be a star guy. Uh, or anything that he would talk to anybody and um, those are the things that you appreciate now you know you really get to look back on it and think about it and you know you wish you could do it one more time. Ted had passion uh, you know Ted would come to the rink uh, you know on a regular basis and you know through those stool sessions he had with the players I know he had those with the coaches uh, Mike Babcock I know Mike would enjoy when uh, Ted would come in his office and he'd come into my office and sit for you know for an hour and just talk hockey, talk about the state of the team and uh, things that he saw. He watched all the games. He had a, he just he loved hockey. He had a passion for hockey. He had a passion for the Red Wings. He wanted the team to be good, um, and he liked to be around. Obviously, uh, in the, years ago, he would come here on a regular basis and uh, you know sometimes work out. But he liked being around the locker room, being being around the players. I mean, you see those banners uh, up in the rafters, you know, from the, the, the those those players from the '50s that really. Uh, put hockey on the map, probably, uh, in this city, and what they meant to this franchise for the rest of their lives. And, you know, obviously, um, Gordy left for a while, but but and then but came back. Mark Howe has been here since the early '90s uh, as a player and a um, pro scout. You know, Alex Del Vecchio has lived here his entire uh, career. Uh, Ted lived here, so they were Red Wings, but they became part of the uh, the community, and they gave back. And it was an original six. It was a time it was an original six. And certainly, the Detroit Red Wings for uh, for many years were one of the uh, elite teams in the National Hockey League. So, uh, the things that they accomplished went worldwide. You know, 
not, not only in Detroit, but created uh, Red Wing fans worldwide. And, you know, on a, today it's a, it's a celebration of an incredible life, um, today and tomorrow, and uh, on the ice, but I also think, just as importantly, off the ice, uh, what he meant to this game, to this sport, to this city, um, the respect that he gave and got, um, the passion that he had for the sport, the passion for the people in the sport. Um, he was a fierce, fierce competitor on the ice. He was a fierce competitor off the ice. And um, great role model for, you know, so many people that have been in this game for a long time. I just, every moment, you know, whenever uh, Ted walked in the room, he was always upbeat, he was always positive, uh, loved to talk hockey, and was, was, was really up to date on what was going on. So he'd walk in and um, you know he'd watch the games the night you know the night before or you know games night after night after night after night and he had his views and thoughts on uh, on our team and on the game and what we needed to do to be better and you know you think back over the last uh, you know the, the last two or three years when we've been rebuilding but prior to that we made the playoffs 25 years in a row and as we were trying to head down the stretch and go into the playoffs he'd be around he'd be talking to, you know whether it's Jeff Blaschel, Mike Babcock whoever was the coach he just uh, he was always fun to talk to because um, he loved, you know, his passion for the sport came out, he was upbeat, he was positive, he was an incredible, incredible man. I think when you come into this organization, you understand fairly quickly the history of this franchise and what um, these players and this team has meant um, to the city of, of Detroit, the state of Michigan, the love affair um, and all the great times and certainly there's there's good times and bad times, but uh, um, you know you think about all the great times. The, 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 and these players were talking about obviously today. It's Ted Lindsay in the 50s. What this team meant, um, you know, we're 60, 70 years later, and we're celebrating uh, uh, an icon, a, a great, great man. But I also think it's not only what the players do on the ice, and that's that's the most important, but it's what they do off the ice and how they lead their life. Um, how they give back, that's what Ted did, he gave back, how he respected the game. Um, and I think that uh, for the young players that are in there that maybe weren't around Ted as much, but Nick Cronwell was around Ted, and, and uh, the older players will tell the younger players um, who Ted was and what he meant to the game. Well, I thought about that when I got here, but the, it was kind of an exchange. Gary Younger was wearing seven, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was wearing seven in St. Louis and so when I came here I got seven and he, when Unger went to St. Louis he got seven. But uh, Ted Lindsay was always around mm -hmm. in those days and those weren't the brightest days in Detroit and uh, and yet he was always supportive of the of the players and the team. We had a lot in common more than just number seven. Uh, I'd been involved in the Players Association. In fact, I was president of the Players Association when I got traded to Detroit. And he'd gone through a lot of adversity because of the Players Association as well. But uh, he, he was just, we always hit it off. He was, you know, I, I wanted to get his autograph the first time I met him. And because I'd read about him before I ever came to Michigan. And so he was, a, he was already a hockey all-star. And uh, and then I learned so much more about him as a person and as a player. But 
you know, everyone talked about how good he was as a player and how good he was as a person, but he was so respectful. And I ran into him at more hockey banquets and charity events and uh, things that you didn't really have to go to. He would go to just about anyone he was asked to go to. It might have been a, a, a single team of women's hockey. They're starting to get women's hockey going around Michigan. And uh, Ted Lindsay was the first guy to stand up and say, that's the right thing to do. Well, he was he was terrific, and he was always respectful. I wanted to say last night I was interviewed between periods, and I wanted to say, and I didn't know if I should, but Ted Lindsay, if he were at this event, he would wear a shirt and tie, because out of respect for why he's here. And um, and I just talked to his daughter, and she said, we used to say our dad would wear a shirt and tie to the bathroom if he thought it was important <laughs> enough. But he was that way, and. Uh, Anyway, he was just one of those people that he, he never, you would never know that he was the giant of a player when you met him off the ice. Well, I brought him in to talk to our team. Maybe this is the most recent time was 10 or 15 years ago. And, uh, and you know, he, we walked in and, and I think he was shrinking. He was always small on the ice, but not, <laughs> but he was smaller, you know, as he got older. And, and so I introduced him as Ted Lindsay, an all-star left winger in the NHL. And, our team, I'm sure they're all, who's, who's Ted Lindsay? Like they, most of them wouldn't know. And so then I gave him some of his history and his stats. And, and, uh, and I said, by the way, there's a trophy in the NHL now for the best, the best hockey player in the, in the league. And it's named after Ted Lindsay. Well, that got their attention. But anyway, he <laughs> talked to them for, and Ted loved to talk about hockey and about life and school and, and he applauded the fact they're going to school and they want to be hockey players. And, uh, and at the end he said, and remember one thing, always be on time. And so I asked him about a month later, I said, you remember uh, that player that we had, that old player come in and talk to our team? Oh yeah, Ted Lindsay. And they'd all looked him up. They Googled him, you know. They, and uh, what do you remember about his talk? Always be on time. That's the first thing you remember. So sometimes it's not the first thing you say, it's the last thing you say. Well, I'd like to thank Chris Draper, Kirk Malpe, Ken Holland, and Red Berenson for sharing their uh, thoughts on Ted Lindsay. And uh, again, as you can tell, uh, the man, uh, Ted Lindsay, touched a lot of lives, and uh, he's going to be greatly missed, but he will forever be. Uh, remembered by virtually everybody that he ever came in contact with. And we'd like to close out uh, this edition of the Red and White Authority with a native Detroiter, one of us, Dave Coulier, who, of course, is a big star in Hollywood and uh, uh, certainly a comedian and a real funny man, but uh, also very reflective, new Ted. And uh, what's really interesting about Dave is, is that I believe he is still the official celebrity captain of the Detroit Red Wings. I know he was for years, so uh, he stopped by Little Caesars Arena on Friday to pay his respects uh, to Ted and his family. And so uh, let's get the, uh, the musings, if you will, of Dave Coulier. It's, uh, it's a sad day, um, but I get to relive a lot of great memories about Ted Lindsay. Um, the Red Wings asked me to uh, perform at their President's Ball uh, some years back, and there was Ted sitting in the front row, and he had a big smile on his face, and uh, one of the alumni guys, who I won't name, started heckling me. <laughs> so I, uh, I got into it with the guy who was heckling a little bit, 
So a few days later, I was at the Illich Charities golf event at Oakland Hills, and Ted came up to me and my wife, Melissa, and uh, her eyes lit up, and I turned around, and there was Ted, and he said, you know, David, uh, I know you didn't appreciate that audience very much, but I want you to know how much I appreciated you. And that's the way Ted was. He would say things, look you straight in the eye, and uh, he would make your day. That's the kind of man he was. Well, you know, Ted had a lot of heart, but just think of all the hearts that he will forever remain in, you know, of people that he touched and helped and, and uh, gave words of wisdom to and advice and friendship. I mean, uh, he really, uh, you know, was bigger than life, you know, in, in so many ways. Um, he was an ambassador to the game of hockey. He was, um, you know, a, uh, a liaison between the league and the players. Um, his accomplishments, we all, we all know, were, you know, uh, unbelievable. And he brought more to the game of hockey than just playing hockey. He brought a uh, sense of community. He brought um, a uh, he brought a, a big message to the game of hockey that will, you know, that every hockey player, I'm sure, will be grateful for for the rest of their lives. You were a fan of his. Did he ever say that he watched Full House or? <laughs> Never. Full I don't House? think he ever watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he thought I was Bob Saget at first. <laughs> but uh, you know, we never. You know, Ted just. Um, you just had a conversation with Ted about how's your family. It was usually like, how's your family? How's everything? You know, it was real. He he was real personal. You know, and um, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss him. And there you have it. That will uh, wrap up this edition of the Red and White Authority, episode 103. And uh, before we close out, I would just like to say uh, something, too. Uh, obviously, I knew Ted for, for a number of years. He was always in the Red Wing dressing room, as you heard. And uh, I always enjoyed getting a rise out of him when I would mention former Red Wing general manager Jack Adams, who ended up trading him to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I guess one of my favorite stories and goes to show you exactly the, uh, the type of competitor uh, Ted was, is that he would still maintain that the Red Wings would have won four more Stanley Cups if Jack Adams did not break the Red Wing dynasty up in the mid-1950s and Montreal would have had four less cups, meaning that the Red Wings now would have 15 cups, Montreal would have 20, and the Red Wings would be right on the Canadians' heels for the most Stanley Cups in NHL history. But uh, what a great man. Uh, the Ted Lindsay Foundation, what he's done for autism, what he's done in this community, what he means uh, to not only uh, Detroit, Southeast Michigan, the state of Michigan, but what he means to the hockey world and everybody that has ever come in contact with Ted Lindsay, he was a giant of a human being. And I know I've said it before and I'll say it one more time. As great a hockey player he was, he was a better man. And I am a better person for knowing Ted Lindsay. May he rest in peace. And that'll do it for this edition of the Red and White Authority. Thank you for tuning in.